On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. It is officially game week. Colts kick off in Jacksonville Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And here is your game preview that we are bringing you. We are bringing on a friend, Jaguars fan. We connected with you early in the offseason. Dalton, Mr. UCF Jaguar himself. Dalton, thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Happy to be here, man. Happy to finally start previewing some games. Uh, it's just good, good to have football season back. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, first thing I got to ask before we even start with football, just wanted to ask how you, how are you doing? Are you staying safe out there? Everything going all right for you? Yeah, I mean, everything's good. I mean, I'm not going to try to hide from the world. I mean, I still go out, right. but, you know, you just got to do a better, good job of keeping a mask on, sanitizing, yeah. uh, making sure you stay, stay socially distanced, and I guess uh, just do what you got to do, you know? Yep, I feel that. Yeah, man, before we get into this game preview, Dalton, let's talk about the recent moves the Jaguars have made. Obviously, they traded defensive end Yannick Ngakwe to the Minnesota Vikings. They also released running back Leonard Fournette, and they traded safety Ronnie Harrison to the Cleveland Browns. What is your perspective on these moves and your thought overall and your reaction to some of these moves the Jaguars have made recently? Yeah, I mean, with the Jaguars, I mean, they they had trade Unique Ngakwe away because he was absolutely refusing to play. I mean, you look at him, he literally took a $6 million pay cut to not play in Jacksonville. So there was really no mending that relationship. Other than that, I mean, I know a lot of people see, like, you know, Fournette going, Ronnie Harrison going, and people kind of think that it's, you know, full on tank. They're trying to get rid of anybody. But really, really with these guys, I mean, they're just trying to – uh, make sure people are fitting the actual culture because Ronnie Harrison, I mean, he wasn't uh, necessarily, he, he, there was always reports about him not being serious. And honestly, he might've been on the verge of getting cut from the Jaguars. They cut bait with him and Fournette. I mean, Fournette, the, the Jaguars organization have always had uh, cultural struggles against each other. They just never saw eye to eye. He was always getting in trouble. And uh, you just look at it. He wasn't a great back. You know, I always had my reservations against him. I thought, you know, he might be good, but nothing above that. Not great. Definitely not elite. And I mean, you just see him like on Twitter today. He goes out and says uh, he's he, he finally for the first time in his life is playing with a real quarterback. I mean, it's just little things like that. I mean, he didn't have to say that. It's different to take a shot against the organization. But, you know, at that point, he's really taking shots against teammates. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew always spoke highly of him. You know, he shouldn't just be throwing it back at him like that. But, you know, I really thought that that statement that he made kind of shows where he is as a as a person and as a, really as a teammate. So, I mean, it's, it's no doubt that the Jaguars, I mean, they, might, they may not be tanking, but it's definitely a rebuild year. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll just, you know, it's a year about evaluation. We'll see what we have in our quarterback. And, you know, if he does good enough, maybe we don't have to draft one next year. You know, if he does so bad, we'll probably end up with the one overall pick. Then you have an easy decision, decision to make. And, you know, other than that, just feeling out where you have your roster, top three in cap space next year, 
uh, you know, bunch of draft picks. So it's really an evaluation year. Yeah, and you were talking a lot about some of those guys, and you know, I, I've I've been one of those people, and I think a lot of people have been doing this of trashing, you know, the Jaguars organization because we sometimes thought, oh, you know, they don't really resemble a winning culture, right? But then you start seeing all of these players, right? And then Gakwe refusing to play under this administration. And then Fournette, you know, just not really giving his all. And Harrison saying, you know, I'm glad to finally be out of Jacksonville because I couldn't stand not being a part of a winning culture. I don't, it, that almost makes me like, almost feel some kind of pity for the Jaguars. Cause like, I mean, damn, they, you guys have had some unfortunate luck with some really ignorant players, really. I mean, honestly, like, I understand the uh, opinion of, you know, the Jaguars obviously have had some rough times over the last few years, but like, you know, you got to take some pride in yourself to try and make this team better. I mean, you can't just always come into a great, uh, a great organization all the time without giving something back to try and make it better. Yeah, absolutely, and the and you know it's a combination of the players and the organization. I mean, I was all aboard cleaning house and getting rid of the GM because there's still you know a lot of people blame stuff on Coughlin, but Coughlin is no longer here, and Yannick Ngakwe was still willing to take a six million dollar pay cut. Um, you know, and it's true they don't they don't talk about winning enough. They they don't have a true winning culture in the building right now, and. You know, I look over at the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals completely, you know, clean house, brought a new GM, new young coach, and, you know, they're trending in a good direction. Same thing. The 49ers did the exact same thing. So uh, I just don't understand that the owner, the owner likes, doesn't like getting rid of people. I mean, he likes consistency, which is good to a certain degree. But, um, you know, just with the culture where it is right now, it, I don't know if there's a lot of fixing how it is inside. I mean, you're, you are who you are and you know, you're not going to change who you are. Uh, if you do change who you are, then you're not being genuine and people can read right through that. So I don't know. We'll just have to, you know, they, they, they this drag class to make sure to get a bunch of high character guys. So, uh, you know, I mean, Josh Allen, he went out there and kind of said on Twitter yesterday, definitely really proud to be a Jaguar. So it's good hearing stuff like that, but you, know, you just got to get people that are not only good players, but um, can also can also help uh, a winning and a positive culture. Yeah, and as Colts fans, Dalton, we kind of understand a little bit where you're coming from from the previous regime. You know, when there wasn't a great culture, we totally get that. It's definitely not good, but hopefully, from what you're saying, the Jaguars are trending in the right direction culture wise, and that they're getting some new guys in there that'll really be more team oriented, less than. Uh, looking at themselves. So um, let's move on to this game now. Well, let's talk about this game a little bit. So the Colts obviously have struggled, notoriously struggled, down in Jacksonville. They haven't won since 2014. For whatever reason, it seems like every time they go down there, no matter how good or how bad the Jaguars are, the Colts cannot pull out a victory no matter what they do. Uh, but I wanted, to, I wanted to kind of talk about some matchups, Dalton, some matchups in particular that stand out to you that you're most interested in watching what would those be in your mind? I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Jaguars have a lot of weaknesses on defense. It's definitely a rebuilding defense right now. So I kind of look at the offense. I mean, 
The Jaguars, they got better receiver. They got better at tight end. The offensive line is staying the same, but you have Cam Robinson, another year removed from a ACL tear, and right tackle Jawan Taylor going into his second year as a pro. Had a good year last year. And then you have a second-year quarterback. So, you know, I really hope that the Jaguars can potentially attack the Colts through the air, uh, kind of pick on some of these cornerbacks a little bit. I mean, they had DJ Chark, who... Proved himself last year to be a really good wide receiver, but, you know, they also have some guys like LaVisca Chenault, a second-round pick. Um, you know, we'll see what we have in him. They finally had some red zone targets. The Jaguars were not good in the red zone last year. Uh, they were able to bring in Tyler Eifert. They have a, you know, a six-foot-six wide receiver out of Texas who's a rookie, Colin Johnson. So, you know, I kind of want to see how this aerial attack will go because if the Jaguars are going to have any success this year, it's going to be because, you know, Gardner Minshew has a real connection with with these wide receivers. And, you know, I think attacking the Colts through the air, especially with the Colts kind of having, you know, they're, 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 the front seven is pretty good just with guys like, you know, they brought back the Forrest Buckner and, you know, they have like Leonard back there. So um, really, if I'm going to attack anywhere, I would definitely attack the secondary. And I, I would hope that this would be the matchup that the Jaguars could potentially try to exploit. Yeah. So, I I am very I have very little confidence right now in this game to be honest with you Dalton. I mean, again, roster-wise, I think all three of us can sit here and say that the Colts easily have the most definitive roster here and they certainly have the best roster here by far. But again, it's the week 1 karma and the and the playing in Jacksonville karma. It does not suit well with me. I am not going to celebrate any part of this game until we actually are ahead with less than a second left of the game. Okay. So that's just that. But anyway, so I wanted to talk about the run game here, Dawn, because obviously Leonard Fournette is gone, but I, I want you to tell me who the running back is, uh, who would be the primary running backs here for Jacksonville and is there any way they can exploit some kind of run game? Me personally, I don't believe they can because while the Colts defense has not necessarily been great in pass coverage over the last few years, the rush defense has actually been very solid. Uh, Derrick Henry was actually the only running back over the last two years that has had a 100-yard performance on us in any game. So the Colts front seven certainly does its job. And especially with adding guys like Buckner and others to that defensive line, who, who could possibly open something up in the run game for Jacksonville? Well, unfortunately you guys don't know. I don't know that much more about the run game than you guys do. I mean, James Robinson right now was number one on the Jaguars depth chart. He's an undirected rookie out of an FCS school. And we have no preseason, so like, I don't, you know, besides some three minute, whatever three minute highlight clip you can kind of find of him online, you know, where pretty much any running back will look good. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, you know, sometimes harder to project these guys into the NFL. You're seeing these guys run against, you know, FCS schools and schools I don't know. So, you know, we'll see him. He seems like kind of a guy with good vision and, you know, some explosiveness, but you won't know until, you know, it's not like we're sitting here breaking down Jonathan Taylor where he was running 1,000-yard seasons up in Wisconsin. I mean, this is a relative unknown, you know, and now all of a sudden he's number one in the Jaguars' depth chart. So it's like, we'll see what we have in him. Backup running back, Zigbo, who is, is in second year, played some in Nebraska, but has relatively no NFL experience. So, you know, that's another guy. And, you know, I mean, they have they have Chris Thompson. 
who obviously has a lot of NFL experience with our offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, over um, for Washington. So, uh, but this run game, I don't, I don't know what to expect. I mean, they had to have liked it to some degree to be able to, to actually release a player that had 1,600 total yards for the Jaguars last season. I mean, I don't think they would leave them completely out dry. I mean, they, they went out and actually had, they hosted uh, Devonte Freeman to a an actual interview, but he didn't wind up coming away with a contract. So there's you got to think that there's something in here. And, you know, not many people know about this. So that's one thing that I'm extremely interested in seeing, probably more than any other, any other part of the team is, what the heck these running backs look like? Like, what number are they? I don't even know what number they are. What do they look like in a Jaguar uniform? Like, you know, that's, I mean, that's 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 an interesting storyline going into this. Cody, and real quick before you go into this, Cody, Dalton, I'm going to throw a trade scenario out here for you, okay? You let me know what you think here. Trade away your second first rounder and one of your, four, one of your threes. You get Alvin Kamara. Would you take that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, no, because honestly, like you can, like Alvin Kamara is a great player, but I'm not going to do that for running back, especially a running back that's about to get paid a lot of money. I am not a fan of trading assets for players that need a contract because I can go out and get a play. You know, the, the running back group, not only, not only every year are there good running backs getting drafted in the second, third, fourth round, and then, you know, there's also running backs that hit the free agent market. I mean, we can get Devontae Freeman right now for cheap. I mean, you know, I would much rather draft an Alvin Kamara. It's different, like, if I'm going to trade for, you know, kind of like the Colts did, uh, trade for a defensive lineman, you know, something like that. That would be different. But, you know, Alvin Kamara, uh, it, it's different if he's already on the Jaguars and he earned a second contract and whatnot. But, you know, the Jaguars, they had to try to get away from uh, signing big money contracts to players that weren't on a team. I mean, that's that's something they have to break. They got to start trying to find out how to sign guys like you know Jalen Ramsey, Ganeek Ngakwe, Al Robinson, guys that have left the team, as opposed to handing out big contracts to guys out there. But you know, at the end of the day, the, the Kamara thing is not going to happen because you know I'm reading that they're pretty close to the deal over there for the Saints. But uh, that's 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 not something that I would go for. I thought I thought you were gonna troll me and say some stupid stuff like y'all give me a fourth round pick for Josh Allen. <laughs> I was I was like don't I was like don't bring that to Dave Caldwell he might be tempted. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I mean, at least you guys don't have Bill O'Brien as your GM. Okay, at least you don't have that one. Yeah. Yeah. So we just talked about the Colts' defense against the Jacksonville offense. Let's. Flip it now. Let's talk about this Colts offense versus this Jacksonville defense. And let's start with the passing game. You saw it last year, Dalton, especially in Jacksonville. The Colts really struggled in passing the football. Big reason why they lost that game down in Jacksonville. Uh, just had struggled all year. Jacoby Brissett was not the answer at quarterback. Uh, the receivers were hurt. It was just a bad year for the passing attack. So what do the Colts do? They go out and they sign quarterback Phillip Rivers to a one-year $25 million deal. They draft Michael Pittman. They draft Desmond Patman in the sixth round. They add to their receivers. They sign Trey Burton. They do all these things to try to boost their passing attack. Um, what are your thoughts on these Colts receivers and tight ends against this Jacksonville secondary? Uh, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter what group you throw out there. I'm going to be a little bit worried about them against our team. I mean, 
I mean, CJ Henderson, first rounder, but generally cornerback, it's kind of a hard position year one, just matching up with these different wide receivers. Um, you know, we got Trey Herndon, who's a younger guy at the other end. And then, uh, you know, at the other back end spot, we have Jared Wilson, you know, undirected guy, earned a second contract. You know, just a little bit underwhelming. He seems like more of a placeholder for the Jaguars. And then, you know, we recently traded our strong safety, Ronnie Harrison. So we're going to have somebody back there that, uh, you know, by name of probably, what's his name? Something Jones, uh, who, you know, was a kind of a, a veteran kind of, he was on the Packers and kind of been around a little bit. Apparently, apparently he's been looking pretty good for the Jaguars back there. But of course, it, it's weird talking about all this because, you know, usually these new guys, you know, a little bit about because of preseason, but, you know, you don't know a lot. So, I mean, really, I mean, if you guys want to, I, I think there's going to be, especially with Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers knows how to, you know, find a weakness in the secondary and kind of go after them. And, you know, we have a little bit of a shuffling going around with moving Miles Jack outside, out to, a, you know, the weak side linebacker spot. So, I mean, really just both sides, like this defense, like I really think that it's going to be a lot like the 2015 Jaguars where uh, the offense is going out there and scoring 30, 40 points a game, but the defense is blending up even more than that and they wind up being 5-11. and 11. You know, that year Blake Bortles threw for like 3,500 uh, passing yards. Allen Robinson had like 1,400 receiving yards. Allen Hearns went in there with another 1,000 yards. I, I really feel like it's going to be another year like that and you know, I think this game, I think this game has a chance to be really high scoring. Um, it's just, just my, just my initial thoughts on it. Yeah. And I really like what I see in your guys' secondary. I know it's a bunch of guys who are inexperienced and guys that are still young, but I, I really like CJ Henderson thought he was a really good corner. I think that he's kind of going to, he's going to be like Rocky sin where Early in the year, he's going to struggle because he's going to get used to the speed. And then as he gets used to the game speed, he's going to start getting much, much better. So we could see a much different C.J. Henderson the second time around than we will the first time. And you guys got Sidney Jones from the Eagles. I really wanted Sidney Jones to add to that cornerback room, so you guys stole him from me. Thanks. But anyway, so... Let's talk about the run game for us now. I, I'm curious to know what you think the Jaguars need to do to slow this run game down. Because obviously you know from the Colts having the best offensive line in football to having one of the most uh, complete in-depth running back rooms that, that the NFL has to offer. I mean, the Colts have their fourth running back is good enough to start on probably half the teams in the NFL right now. So what do you think? What do the Jaguars need to do to slow down this rushing attack by Indy? Uh, it's it's going to be really hard. Like, I think that's the biggest weakness on the Jaguars is the run defense because, you know, this offseason we lost a lot of guys. I mean, you know, Darius is no longer on a team. They traded away Calais Campbell. And not only that, but, you know, we had a bunch of offensive linemen you know, we had we had a couple offensive linemen opt out of the season, or defensive linemen with uh, Laurente McRae and uh, I believe Cassius Mars. Was, no, Cassius Mars didn't. There was another guy that actually opted out for the Jaguars. And then also we had Rodney Gunter, who had to actually um, shortly retire because of a heart condition. Uh, you had, yeah, then you had a couple, you know, a couple other things happen. Um, along the defensive lines, you know, you had a guy actually retired, no longer playing anymore. So 
just a lot of stuff going on with this defensive line. And, you know, we weren't good at the Jaguars weren't good at stopping the stopping the run last year. Then we didn't do really anything to improve it. So I don't know how uh, we expect to get any better, like in that part of it. Uh, I mean, this year, when I when I look at it, I mean, the only and, and this interesting one thing with the Colts, because I remember last year, Colts fans gave me a lot of grief because I said, man, their offensive line is great. But, you know, Marlon Mack is not the right guy for this offensive line right now because they need a guy that can, you know, run between the tackles, burst through it. And I, I just saw Marlon Mack as more of a third down back. And then, uh, and then, oh, my gosh, Colts fans gave me so much grief for that. But it turns out the GM was thinking exactly what I was thinking, and they go out there and draft Jonathan Taylor with the second with the second round pick. And you know when you when you have your offensive line in place, especially one with the Colts, I mean you've got to get a runner like that in there. And I think I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is gonna you know I drafted him in a couple of fantasy leagues, so that's I've got a lot of I think I think he's gonna do great behind that offensive line. And I mean really with the Jaguars, I mean the best thing they can do is. You know, I mean, they got a good couple pass rushers with Josh Allen and, and uh, you know, hopefully hopefully the new guy we got, Clay on Chase on in the first round. Hopefully, you know, we can force the Colts to some third and longs, maybe get a, maybe get a sack on first or second down. Force them into third and long situations, third down situations where they need to pass because, um, you know, I, I think if it's a third and two, I think the Colts, it's going to be easy for them to pick it up with our defense right now. So... Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, I, I really don't think that, that, that run game, and, and it's horrible for the Jaguars because, uh, you know, week one, we had the Colts, week two, we had the Titans, and those are two teams that really have a running, run, running identity, and it's going to be, it's going to be really, really tough for the Jaguars to be able to stop that. Not only that, but a quarter of the Jaguars games, four of their games, they had to go through, you know, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, so... Um, it, it's it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, the, the Colts have a clear advantage in, in that in that part of it. And before we wrap up this game preview, I have to get some score predictions from you guys. I got to get your thoughts on this game, where you think it's going to go. So Dalton, I'll let you start first. Then Derek, you can give your score prediction, and then I'll give mine. What are you thinking on this matchup, Dalton? You know, the crazy thing is, man. Like, I. As down as I've been on the Jaguars, for whatever reason, I have a decent feeling about this game. You know, a couple things. Obviously, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. So, you know, that's that's a real thing. You know, that was the, the Colts haven't won since Chad Henney was our starting quarterback, uh, which is which is pretty crazy. The Jaguars also will have some kind of hold field advantage because not only is it going to be you know, really hot over there. But they also have, they're going to have 17,000 fans in the stadium. They're going to be the only team this weekend that has fans at the game. So that's another factor that plays into it. Another factor is that literally there's no tape on the Jaguars right now. No tape. They have, the Jaguars have 16 rookies on the roster. You know, that's definitely going to work against them. But at the same time, you know, they're going to have to figure out about Jaguar players. They're going to have to pull up their, their college tape and see what happens. And then they're going to have to pull up Jay Gruden over at, you know, Washington, try to plug and play on where they think guys are going to go. And then obviously there's, you know, there's a good amount of tape. You know, Phil Rivers has been all around. And Phil Rivers has definitely had the Jaguars number. Jaguars only beat them once. And that was, you know, in an overtime when the Jaguars, the one year that they were actually good in 2017. So, but, you know, I think with this game, it's definitely going to be one possession, but um, and the Jaguars never, never in their franchise history have they needed a Week One victory like they have here. Um, just with all the negativity going on, I think there could be a chance that teams might start sleeping on them. But 
Um, hopefully Gardner Minshew slows down. I really think the Jaguars figure out a way to win. I think the Jaguars actually win 34-31. All right. Well, um, yeah, I certainly think Phillip Rivers will figure it out. And I agree with you, Dalton, that, you know, week one and especially for what has been going on with the with the country right now, it has put a lot of teams in a lot of different predicaments. Teams are not going to be as ready on defense, I believe, in the in all of the NFL. I think through the first like month, defenses are going to struggle a lot to maintain offenses until they get back into the feel of actually playing the game of the uh, football game. So I agree with you. I think this is going to be a um, a high scoring game because I think that you know both defenses are going to struggle a little bit, but I also think that the Colts are going to dominate the time of possession with the ability to run, and I think that we'll just get a few more stops on Gardner Minshew because ultimately that defensive line. Uh, is revamped a lot this year and a lot of teams have you know not really taken that into consideration so i think you're going to see a different pass rush from them this year so i am going to go the colts win 38 to 28 yeah and i hear you dalton i really do the colts have struggled a lot in jacksonville in recent years and uh, it's just history has not been good on their side the last few years especially you consider you know home game or I guess week one games the Colts have struggled and also they've struggled in Jacksonville so there's two factors there but I've said it on the podcast before and I'll say it here again if there's any chance for the Colts to break those two curses against Jacksonville this is the year when Jacksonville is rebuilding really not at the full capacity they were last year I know that they weren't great last year but they were still talented in some areas I feel like the talent is less so this year but there is potential I agree to potentially be kind of a trap game for the Colts so hopefully they learn from the Miami game last year and that Jacksonville game even and really don't take Jacksonville lightly and they go out there and they play like we know they can. So my score prediction will probably be Colts are going to go 28. They're going to win 28 to 17. I think that's a pretty good balance for me. I think the defense will let up a little bit more than I would like to Jacksonville with not a ton of talent around Gardner Minshew. But 28 to 17 is kind of where I'm going to go with that. I mean, granted for me, I don't think the ja- I think the Jaguars probably finished four and twelve, but I just think you know early on in the year, I think I think this they're going to come across a really focused Jaguar team. I think the Colts will ultimately back you know uh, you know get back up because I think they're going to if they don't make the playoffs, I think they're going to at least have a winning record nine and seven um, you know at the very least. But you know, I think that you know just things are you know there's a certain things with the Jaguars right now, and I, I just feel like right now like this Jaguar team. You know, the entire offseason, just all the players, the whole entire team has just had negative publicity. As opposed to the Colts where it's been mostly positive. So, you know, that might have a real impact on the team. And especially now that they've trimmed some of the fat when it comes to, you know, some of the some of the bad roster mentalities that are out here. So, you know, I think that they, they you know, pull a quick one on the Colts and, you know, they actually... Uh, take advantage. I mean, if you saw, you know, they're just coming off the the most recent game was Week 17 against the Colts at home, and the Jaguars look the best they've ever had. You know, there's just there's just something there, and um, you know, I just I just for for whatever reason, this is just you know how I'm feeling about the game. 
All right, and Cody, real quick before we go, um, you you talked a little bit, Dalton, about you know all the negative publicity, and one guy that we've been haven't really talked a lot about was Gardner Minshew. It, what is your confidence in him? What confidence do you have that he can lead this team? He can lead them into the right direction. Do you have any confidence in him going forward in the future plan, or do you think that he's just another step in the road? Um, I mean, I'm at the point where I don't necessarily need to make a decision on Gardner Minshew just yet because um, I thought he did enough to prove last year that, look, you know, this guy deserves a shot at being starting quarterback. And guess what? He's in a competition right now where, you know, the roster isn't that great right now. So what Gardner Minshew needs to do, Gardner Minshew needs to, you know, be able to win enough games where they're not able to draft a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Get into, you know, get a 6-10 and 10 record where all of a sudden they're out of that spot. Then they maybe sit. Because if they, if the Jaguars, if you tell me that they're going 6-10 and 10 right now, that means that Gardner Minshew did some good stuff. And, you know, with a better defense, you know, they could they could have turned around four games. And nowadays, you know, you with, with seven teams making it into the playoffs on each side of it, really 9-7 and seven pretty much gets you into the playoffs nowadays. So... Um, you know, I really feel like, you know, but at the end of the day, if the Jaguars go 2-14, and 1-15, that, you know, you don't do that with a good quarterback. You know what I mean? So, with that said, I mean, if they're in a position where they're drafting number one overall, then it's a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, you, and I bring this up all the time. Peyton Manning was replaced, you know, when he was still playing good by Andrew Luck. If it can happen to Peyton Manning, it's, it could definitely happen to Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, I'll, I'll let him play it out. And, you know, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what he has. I mean, he just has to work on, you know, a lot of his big plays were kind of this crazy scrambling around stuff trying to extend the play. Um, he just has to switch that up, you know, go through more reads, you know, sit in the pocket, one, two, three, check down. Um, and, you know, just learn how to be a better overall quarterback. And, you know, he's been working. So just had to sit back and see. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on and previewing this game with us. It's going to be interesting to see because both these teams have added and subtracted uh, some different names. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens here in week one. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Good luck on Sunday.